The tea is ready as Anthony Colasano and Emily Cott bring you the latest news around pop culture with this week's episode of Pop Culture Tea. What's going on, everybody? Today is Monday, October 18th, 2021. Welcome back to another edition of Pop Culture Tea. I'm your host, Anthony Colasano, and alongside me is my lovely co-host, Emily Cott. Emily, how are you doing? I'm good. You're good. You're great. You're wonderful. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. So for this episode, um, me and Emily have talked kind of off the record about kind of these ideas of doing like reboot episodes because, you know, in the world of the entertainment industry, more so in the TV and movie industry, reboots have become a kind of big thing within the industry because of the generation that it's catering towards now, the millennials and Gen Zs. They're really into that because of the nostalgia factor that it brings. So we thought we'd do our first reboot episode. I think we can kind of call this like a mini series almost, you know, yeah. because it, 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 it could kind of, because there's so many to talk about um, in both TV and film. So uh, the first one we're going to talk about is in regards to two rather big uh, Nickelodeon shows that, you know, had massive success when they had their original shows. And now they're both getting their own reboots or have their own reboots and spinoffs right now. And the two are iCarly and SpongeBob. Now we're first going to talk about iCarly. And, you know, this was a show that was, you know, obviously it was targeted towards, you know, a teenage kid audience produced by Dan Schneider, who at the time was the uh, executive producer mogul at Nickelodeon. He was on, you know, he helped produce all that in the early to mid nineties. He produced Keenan and Kel. He did the Amanda show. And then this is kind of where it's like the, the Nickelodeon tree begins. So obviously, you know, the Amanda show happened. Drake and Josh were on that show. The two of them got their own show titled after their real life names and so-called character names. And then that show premiered was a massive hit. And then Miranda Cosgrove was on that show. She played, um, not Carly, Megan, uh, Drake's little sister, which then results in her getting her own show called iCarly which probably is kind of the biggest show that I want to say Dan Schneider probably ever produced. He had other shows. He had Zoe 101, which was also pretty massive, large in part because Jamie Lynn, obviously the sister to Brittany at the time. So there was a lot of leverage there. Um, there was Victorious that happened because of Zoe 101. And then, then there was uh, Sam and Cat. Yep, that and- happened because of Jeanette McCurdy as Sam and then... Ariana Grande's cat. Yeah, and then there was Henry Danger, which was the which was the first one that was kind of done not out of a like spinoff. It was that's kind of where I stopped watching. That's yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of where his legacy kind of went. And then obviously, in late 2017, 2018, allegations came out against him, and Nickelodeon kind of reached a settlement with him, and they kind of let him go and uh they never spoke of it again so with that being said you know before we kind of get into iCarly you know what after kind of all the shows I kind of rattle off um was iCarly your favorite one out of the group and do you think it was the most popular one that was ever aired on the network um it's one of my favorites, but I like Drake and Josh, Drake and Josh better, but it was one of the most popular ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, like 
it was Drake and Josh and then Zoe 101 just because yeah. when I was like when I was like a kid uh when it when it premiered I had a huge crush on Jamie Lynn Spears <laughs> I had a massive crush on her so that's kind of why that show holds a place in my heart um but no yeah I think because Drake and Josh it kind of like it's the show that like it came and went but like it kind of for some reason it still holds up and it's still funny yeah to this day um, and same can be said, honestly, for iCarly too, because I've, cause when I remember when it first came on the air, I didn't like, I watched it, but I didn't laugh at it. And now like I've watched, like I'll go back and watch some of it and I'll start like dying. <laughs> some of the stuff they did. I don't know why I find it. I find it funny now. Um, instead of when I was like in that, in that age group, but I uh, feel like that's with everything. Like there's jokes that only like when you grow up, you'll understand it. That's why, like, parents, they sometimes laugh more at the shows that we watched when we were kids than we did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because they, everything kind of goes over your head and they kind of put in exactly, subtle things yeah. that can cater towards an adult audience. Uh, but anyway, so to give you reference kind of of the plot of the show, if, if people don't remember, but I'm sure our listeners probably do, uh, the show revolves around Miranda Cosgrove's character, Carly Shea, who's at the time when the show aired in 2007, a 13-year-old girl who started a web show with her friends, Sam Puckin and Freddie Benson. The web show started, um, started when the three friends were in charge of recording their school's talent show for their teacher, Mrs. Briggs. They find themselves famous when a video that was never meant to be seen by anyone of Sam and Carly making fun of Mrs. Briggs quickly blows up on the internet. And that's when they had the brilliant idea to start the web show and become internet sensations. Uh, now, Emily, this was kind of a groundbreaking show in terms of the plot, because this kind of was the beginning of the internet age in, in America. YouTube was starting to, YouTube came out in 2005. Um, obviously back then there wasn't Facebook, there was MySpace. Um, but uh but the kind of this kind of this new wave of entertainment was coming into um our lives so it was kind of cool to see how you know kind of the you know you know dan schneider's low-key a pedophile he's kind of a genius in a sense that he was able to kind of uh know what was what was the next big thing in terms of uh entertainment in america yeah so i mean the like He's not the best guy with the best personality yet, but he did come up with great show ideas. Yeah, no, yeah, he did for sure. And that's, and it's kind of a, a it's and it's a blessing and a curse with him how he had, you know, he was so talented, but of course he just had this unfortunate um, issue or power ego trip that happens with a lot of people uh, within his position uh, in the industry as a whole. Uh, because when that came out, obviously there was a lot of stuff going on with Harvey Weinstein and the Me Too movement and everything like that. But enough about enough about Dan Schneider. He means kind of nothing really to the show anymore. Um, so I want to kind of, you know, get into the characters. Um, you know, Carly Shay, played by Miranda Cosgrove. Um, you know, she was, like I said, she was a 13-year-old girl, has a naive personality and tries to see the best in, in everybody she meets. And, um, and actually I knew this fun fact, Emily, that, you know, she was, and this is actually true, uh, by the later seasons of the show, she was getting paid $180,000 an episode. So what do you think of kind of, and that kind of shows the testament of how popular the show was and which, and, and in all, in all fairness, 
um, why she was able to command so much money because nobody in that stratosphere of like TV shows in that um, sector was commanding that much money ever. Yeah, she definitely deserved it. Like it was a great show. She was the lead of a great show, but I feel like maybe the other the other stars should have gotten paid that much that much as well. So you think it should have been like a something where like a Friends or a Big Bang Theory where they kind of all went in together? I think it should. Money. Yeah, I think it should have been that way as well. Or she should have like gave like or like have like her salary, which was that, and then possibly like like give like put some of it towards like Nathan Cress's uh paycheck and then Jennifer Curry's. I think that would have been a that would have been more fair than her getting all the money and then the other stars just not getting as much. Right. Yeah. Cause that's awesome. And, and, and we'll get into uh, what happened with Sam and cat. Cause that falls into that same yeah. category, unfortunately. And, you know, in relation to Sam and cat, obviously the next main character was uh, Sam Puckett. She was played by Jeanette McCurdy. She co-hosted the show with Carly. She was more of the tomboy, real aggressive one in the show, uh, which is really bold kind of had this rebel attitude um and you know she was kind of you know like i say she's painted as a tomboy but honestly if you notice emily as the show kind of progressed she kind of became more of like her she became more of like her feminine side started to show yep. she was starting to be like you know she was her her dressing was more um i'm trying to say the right word here like she was coming into her own as a woman within the show. That, yeah, she de- yeah, she definitely like we definitely saw her her character progress over like this the the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because obviously, you know, there was, you know, you know, she hated Freddie and then she liked Freddie and then they dated. So that was um what, what did you broke up? And then, yeah, and then like he has this weird thing with Carly. Um, what, what did you think of kind of this weird love triangle that they kind of, uh, that they kind of had, were you a SETI fan or were you a Creddy fan? Um, I was a Creddy fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I was at first, like, I remember when they had the episode, I saved my life when, when finally Freddie finally, um, got Carly to feel the same way. Um, and then when Sam and Freddie, I think Sam and Freddie was more genuine because it's like, because it's like with, you know, it's like usually with girls, it's kind of like, you know, they really hate the person that they truly like, but they don't want to show. And that's kind of what Sam did with Freddie. Um, and then it kind of was like, and it wasn't like, and it wasn't forced, you know, it was like kind of, it was like almost like you didn't expect it. It was like, you know, trying to Chandler and Monica. Yeah. You know, it was just kind of just, it was kind of just, uh, it was, it was just not, it was a natural relationship, which I think was cool. Um, and then I said I, it, I said it during friends, like I liked Ross and Rachel. So I'm the same way in this. I like Carly and Freddie. Cause like, I just like those cliche relationships. I don't know. That's yeah. just- no, I mean, I do too, but I just think like, um, like, like Ross and Rachel, I don't know. I just got over, like, like I liked it in the beginning of the show. And then one the later season happened in France. I was just getting, I was just getting tired of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but this one I what like this one they didn't really like kind of um drag down because it, obviously it's a kid show, right? They're not gonna really make. Yeah, it. you can't really like 
put you have to be careful on how much content you like you put in it regarding like love right yeah no but 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 zoe 101 was was the was the like the very the only one that really kind of um everyone kind of knew who was a fan of the show like that was also kind of another really big backbone in the show was zoe and chase yep i feel like zoe and chase and just like that whole entire show in general was just more more genuine yeah and that shows a little bit more kind of like mature because you know it's like the music was very different there was no laugh track like it was just a different kind of show but i think because like i said because of the spears name there was they i think they i think she did but also dan had more leverage to the network to kind of possibly get more money for the show i I agree yeah that's just speculation i have no idea no i agree Um, with that because think about it you have a you have like a celebrity name a big name mm -hmm. in the show so it's like there's more there's more things that you can do and more listeners and more watchers yeah exactly yeah because you kind of can bank on like you know people are going to watch the show you know which yeah yeah that makes sense imagine if uh i feel like if like if britney i know we're kind of off topic but like imagine if britney guest starred on that show that would be yeah that would be interesting yeah i so, watched that episode yeah i feel like if she wasn't in that weird phase in her life she definitely would have but you know the conservatorship definitely like held her back from a lot of things yeah and also kind of what she was going on because when the show aired in 05 like right she was still she was that was the yeah that was where everything started to get rocky yeah hit the fan so but yeah well no because she did because she was on all that when jamie was on the show yeah she did she did do that and justin was on the show too they had a little scene together i don't know if you ever saw that if you ever want to go on youtube and check that out um it's pretty funny uh but anyway so back to uh, kind of Sam and, and Jeanette McCurdy, uh, her character. So like I said, she's a rebel, uh, Carly's best friend, who said she becomes into her own woman later on in the show. Uh, she has a relationship with Freddie. When the show ends, she kind of goes off into the sunset. She kind of goes on this motorcycle road trip. And then, um, and then fast forwards to, I think, a couple months later, and that's when kind of Sam and Kat picked up. Yes. So, you know, real quick, um, what did you did you like Sam and Cat? Were you upset that it didn't manifest into a bigger show because of the unfortunate drama and um, and behind the scenes issues that it had? Like, what were your thoughts on that? Because that's honestly kind of when the that's when the Nickelodeon tree kind of snapped was after that show. I thought that Sam and Cat, it wasn't the worst show, but. I definitely didn't sit there every week and wait for the new episodes to come out. True. I wasn't really a fan of it. I just liked iCarly and Victoria separately. And when they came together, it was just weird. Yeah. I think it was a little bit more, it was pretty, it was kind of like childish. It was really, really childish. Yeah, it came out. Well, it came out when like we were, we were like older. So it was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think uh, it came out when we were, I think, 2013, I think, came out, 14. So I was, like, in middle school, about to go into high school when the show. Yeah, I was just going into middle school, so. Yeah, so it was more catered kind of towards you, and I was kind of getting out of that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just kind of feel bad for kind of the 
the the kid in the show cameron i don't know his last name because it's like because if you really look at how like i said how dan schneider's um creates his own show it's like someone's getting a spinoff and like i'm like okay well he's gonna be probably the next one in line and obviously you know it never happened which is unfortunate for him yeah so uh but anyway so moving on from uh you know jim mccurdy uh sam puggett's character we might move, now move on to freddie benson played by nathan crash uh he was iCarly's tentacle producer uh for carly and sam uh freddie's kind of the so-called nerd in the group uh it's funny if you ever notice in the pilot emily how he's wearing like these big ass boots because he's yes. so short because he's shorter than carly so they had to make him like the same height yeah and he like literally like dress like a whole a whole nerd like it was like this like the stereotypical nerd Mm -hmm. so i feel like i carly tried too hard with his character like you don't have to be stereotypical to get your point across right yeah i just think yeah i don't know if it's i don't know if it was because of the wardrobe or it was because of the or it's because what they were looking for in the show or kind of testing it out or wanted to see like him kind of grow in a sense. Um, you know, I don't know, but, um, but yeah, obviously he was kind of the, uh, uh, you know, the technical producer of the show, you know, he was, I feel like he tried to always do kind of the good thing, but he always, always tried to like kind of get back at Sam because another thing that Sam did, she was always kind of either make fun of Freddie or pull these ridiculous pranks on him or try to make his life super miserable. Yeah, it, I, it was definitely shown. Remember in that one episode where he, his, like he was, he had a crush on this girl named Valerie. So he was the technical producer for Valerie's show and left iCarly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a see. That was like really early in the season because yeah. like, they had a they had a date in Carly's apartment, and Spencer made them spaghetti tacos. Yep, <laughs> yep. And then it was like, I feel like he didn't really do the right thing, but then at the end he realized friendship was more important. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's kind of typical in a. Uh, it, it's it's like the typical plot in like a show like that. Exactly. Early they, on. Yeah, they real they they fall in love end up breaking up with them, realize friendship is more important, and then they move on. Yep, exactly. Uh, I like this fun fact he kind of put in here, how he voiced um, how Nathan Kress' first kind of role in Hollywood was he voiced, uh, oh, was a voiceover in Bay Pig in the City. Yeah. you know? Okay. I thought he, vo- he actually voiced the character. No, he's just a voiceover for it. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. And then, honestly, after kind of iCarly, it's kind of, Nathan Crest has kind of, you know, kind of gone under the radar. Obviously, um, before the reboot happened, he was doing more behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, he came back and did some direct directing for Sam and Cat. Um, he did get married. So, that's kind out, of... Out of the whole cast, I think that Miranda Cosgrove, she's the one who's, like the most well-known and that's probably why she got paid the most but Mm -hmm. because she's done stuff I mean she hasn't really done too much before the reboot but she still was more into Hollywood than the other 
other members of the cast. Yeah, because she did have like, yeah, she had the Rikers before she kind of became famous on Nickelodeon. She was in School of Rock with Jack Black, you know, that um, iconic cult movie. Um, she had she was in the Despicable Me trilogy. She voiced Margaret. Um, she was on she had a guest appearance on the Goldbergs a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, I think honestly, like I, when, you, when you're kind of the main character and right when she was like, she was like the poster child for Nickelodeon for like five years, right? You are going to be the most famous. Um, you're going to be the most famous one out of the whole group. So it made sense. Um, now to me, this was the person that kind of made the show. Jerry Trainer, Spencer Shea. Yeah, he was I, a good character, but he wasn't really my favorite. Well, oh, he was my favorite. For sure. He 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 made the show. Just his his mannerism, his charisma. Um no, Gibby all the way. Nah, because the thing the thing I like Gibby. No, no, I like Gibby, but with Jerry, like because I always go back to kind of him as crazy Steve. And okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, then yeah, I agree with that. So, so like he kind of obviously he didn't bring that kind of MO to the character. That wasn't his character. Yeah, because he didn't have to, but you could kind of see kind of he was able to kind of bring that side of it out but to a more lesser extent um yeah because he 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 said something in like um in a podcast with butch hartman who is the creator of the fairly odd parents danny fanchon on the tough puppy um he talked about the audition of drake and josh and they were like can you go bigger so then he went bigger and they were like can you go you a little bit no, no 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 then they're like can you go a bit bigger and then he went even more bigger. And then he, they're like, he go more and more bigger. And then he did again. So um, it just shows how he could really just, I feel like his comedic presence is really, really good. And I wish that, I kind of wish he got his own show. I wish he kind of branched out and way we went on actual network television or something. Yeah. Like I, I can see him doing his own show. Yeah. But I'd anyway, watch it. oh, I would so watch it. Um, and actually, he did have his own show. It was called Wendell and Vinny, but it really didn't kind of become of anything. It aired on like Nick at Night. It wasn't, it was like, it, it, it was weird. It, it, it was a weird show. I think if you, it's on Paramount Plus, I think. Okay. So yeah, you can watch a couple episodes and let me know how you, uh, let me know what you think of it. But anyway, so Spencer Shea played by Jerry Trainer, He's Carly's older, less mature brother. Uh, he's an artist living in this rather lavish Seattle apartment and you're like, how does he pay for it? It's probably paid for by his dad, their dad, um, who we don't see until the very last episode of the show. Um, and cause he like, was in the Marines or something. Yeah. 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 He was a Marine. So that's why he never saw him. And, uh, his father wanted Spencer to become a lawyer in law school but Spencer dropped out after three days and became an artist. So kind of, you know, um, you know, the more you think about it, you're like, wow, I dropped out of law school after three days, but like, you know, you kind of see college students, you know, at least nowadays, you know, I've seen it kind of on the internet, kind of them dropping out or not feeling it or not. Yeah. College isn't for everybody. Yeah. It's not, it's this kind of, um, it's what society wants you to think like it's the right path, the right, obviously everyone has their own different paths and ways through life. There is no set way of like living. Um, you know, everyone, everyone takes their own path. Everyone has their own journey. So, and his journey was to, you know, become an artist and, you know, they made him, 
you know, he was, he had some success in the show. Um, I remember the, the one episode, the, the, the pack rat one. Yeah. I remember that episode. Yeah. Where where he had to make that dog thing. And he was just so obsessed with that video game that it never got done. And then the, the person, the client got mad and he got an extension and then he got more obsessed beat um sasha striker and <laughs> uh and then uh they stayed up all night helping him make the make the make the make the dog and uh the client's wife loved it and then he got like this fat stack of cash the um, episode's but, theme was procrastination yep it was yeah it was yeah you got a point there I yeah. feel like they all had a, they all had probably underlying theme. I think you just have to probably go back and think about it. Did you just think yeah. about that on the spot? Yeah, I did. All like <laughs> I feel like all of them have some kind of theme because it's a children's show. So that's true. Parents aren't going to let their children sit in front of a TV if the show is not really. I mean, educational oh, anyway. Oh well, we'll get into that in the next in the next segment. Okay. Yeah. True. You because because is SpongeBob really that educational? Actually, no, I have, it, it can be. Yeah. Okay, fine. All right. I want to, I want to hear, I want to hear that yeah. from you. Okay. So anyway, so that's Spencer. And then finally the last character, uh, Gibby, he was played by Noah Monk. Uh, he's friends of Carly, Sam and Freddie. Uh, he was more of a recurring character in the earlier seasons of the show. And then by midway season three, and then towards the end, he became a main character of the cast. Um, he's known as kind of right. The chubby kid right? The stereotypical chubby kid. And, you know, he's known for taking his shirt off and, you know, he was, and he had like, you know, that was a big thing. The whole Gibbe thing. (laughs) That was a, that was a, that was kind of a line and a reference that that fans used a lot. And then obviously you put in the, in the script that, you know, he obviously went over to Disney channel for just a little bit played. He guest starred on Wizards of Waverly Place. But um, but what did you think? Um, obviously, you said Gibby was your favorite character. Um, was it because of his, because he was more like more of the funnier type? Yeah, exactly. That's that's the reason why he's one of my favorite characters because he brings the comedy to the show. I mean, Spencer does too, but Gibby went more over the top. His character's more over the top than Jerry Trainers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think in the way you kind of said that, I think Gibby was more of like the child version. Yeah. Of Spencer. Basically Crazy Steve. Yeah. Yeah, the little version. And then obviously there was his, Gibby's younger Guffy. brother, here, Guffy. I think that was played by his actual brother. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because they looked, yeah. I they looked exactly yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember them saying that or i saw it in the credits that um the last name was the same so i was like oh that's pretty cool but uh but funny thing about kind of like you know and what's kind of sad about kind of gibby's character with kind of um noah monk and Jeanette mccurry was that you know they don't like to talk about the show you know yeah they were well Jeanette like literally like said straight up that she was embarrassed to be a part of iCarly Mm-hmm. yeah i think just part of the show i don't think i don't think the friendships you know but i don't know if that had any detriment or damage to what she said in terms of her relationship to 
Miranda, Nathan, Jerry. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But she said that like her parent, like her family, like forced her into acting and she never actually wanted to do it. Yeah, it was more because of a money thing. Exactly. So then she ended up quitting in 2017 or 18. Yeah. And is writing. She's still in the business. She's like kind of in the business, but she's not in the spotlight. She's writing and directing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's kind of more doing like, I guess, her own thing. Which is which, which is, is good. A, which is a good thing, you know. Hopefully, she kind of she does this, and then she kind of come back and make a name for herself. Because you know, you got to do what you you know. It, what's it, best it, for yourself? You have to like. You have to put your your like wants and needs first. So like before you sacrifice your happiness, because if you're not happy in life, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think she wasn't, and I think now she's starting to find that. And I think also she kind of needs to kind of get away from the show because of the the trauma that she unfortunately endured during it. And and that's when we get into the reboot. That's probably why she wasn't a part of it. Um, and then obviously Gibby, he doesn't really talk about it because of the fact that he hated how he was postered as kind of the fat, funny kid in the show. Yeah. So I, I do understand that um, from his aspect because it's kind of like, you know, people say, oh, take your shirt off. And he's like this grown ass adult. And he's like, no, like, it's, it I was- feel like another thing, too, is because they're seeing they're seeing Miranda Cosgrove get all the success because she's leading the show. And it's like to them, it's like, well. All of us are miserable, except for her, usually in shows, it's not the case. Everybody. Everybody like gets the fame with when they're in a show, but. Mm-hmm iCarly wasn't wasn't it for the majority of the characters yeah and I also feel like it was kind of like that with Zoe too because obviously right because of the big name and I do remember yeah. people said that like um or at least some of the cast members would say that Jamie would only exist you know she would barely come out of her dressing room sometimes she would only just do her scenes and that was it she barely kind of interacted um, with the other interacted with the cast yeah because when you saw like pictures of them she was rarely in any of them it was only maybe like after the scenes were done or something like that um, it wasn't even the last episode i don't think say that wait the last episode she wasn't was she in that was the one that was the panel she was in that one was she yeah it was her and it was it was her and uh chase sean flynn she wasn't, oh, okay. she, she wasn't in the, I think, you, I think you're, I think you're, um, I think you're remembering that, remember Dan Schneider did a little short? Yes, I that, that's the one I'm talking about, uh, yeah, where she, it's like, he's, Chase is trying to find Zoe after the, because the 10 year time, time capsule. capsule. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't in that. I think that was just kind of a thing where they just kind of came together and put this little thing together. Cause that was also when he was also doing these little like bits and pieces of nostalgia. Cause they did that. Um, if you remember, he got Keaton and Kel on the tonight show to do a good burger sketch. And that was kind of a big deal because Keenan and Kel have not spoken in a long time prior to doing that sketch. So seeing them two together was kind of great for fans of both of them and of the shows. Uh, I I, I kind of geeked out when I saw them together and it kind of, their chemistry kind of never left. Um, yeah. But we can get into Keenan and Cal in a different. Yeah, I so, love that show. Yeah, that show, that show, that show is iconic. People, and a lot of, I wish more people were aware of how great and funny that show really is and was. Um, but anyway, so 
couple of questions about the show. Uh, obviously, you kind of said it. Your favorite character. We kind of already said it already. Your favorite character was Gibby. Yep. Mine was obviously Spencer. Um, what were your What were your thoughts on the show? Did you like? Um, did you enjoy it? Do you? It was. Like, I really enjoyed it. It was like one of my favorite, one of my favorite Nickelodeon shows at the time after Drake and Josh ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was great in a sense of, like I said earlier, when we first started the segment, how it was really um, a game changer and really just, um, it was progressive in the sense of like the internet and all that. I think that's what made it kind of great. And obviously by the time the show ended, the internet was starting to become, was really starting to explode in terms of content creating and stuff like that. And I think that's also why kind of iCarly kind of holds this great legacy um just as a show because of that because of the time of when it premiered and how they went about it and also like you said kind of like what also made it kind of so successful was the amount of guest stars they had on it like you mentioned yep you know what was your favorite guest episode i'm curious um who was it i liked um i liked when jim parsons was on the show because i was a big fan of the big bang theory so that was kind of cool to see him on the show I and obviously Emma Stone was in that episode too. Yeah, I remember that episode. I think, yeah, I think that had to be my favorite. Um, my favorite one. I'm trying to think because you put One Direction, Michelle Obama. I'm trying to think. Jim Parsons, Emma Stone. Wasn't there? Oh, David Archuleta was on the show, but yeah, after the American Idol. Yep. Yeah. Wade Collins, a bunch of hobnockers. I hated that episode uh, so much. Yeah, that was a uh, uh, interesting. Um, but what about all right? So that's mine. It was the that was the one with Emma Stone and Jim Parsons. But what about you? I like the One Direction episode. I, I was a huge, I, I knew I knew I was it. a I huge it. One Direction fan. I knew it. I knew you were gonna say that. I'm like, she's definitely saying One Direction. Every yeah, one, I, every every I girl was. every girl was at that time. Yep, I was a huge One Direction fan. I love their music. Listen to all their albums. So that would be one. That would be my favorite guest episode. Gotcha. Okay. Now, what is your favorite episode? That's a really hard question. There's so many really good episodes. I liked the one with the the chicks episode where they hatched the chicks oh, and they were missing. Yeah, that was. A I good liked one. that episode. Okay. Um, I the Michelle the Michelle Obama episode was also good. Mm-hmm. I There's think, just like a lot of iconic episodes. Yeah, I think for me that one was a good one. I'm trying to think, the one I must have locker two thirty nine. Yeah, that, that was, was that, that was a good one. Um, and then I like kind of the the romantic ones, the "I Save Your Life" one. That was good. And then when, I wasn't a huge fan of the romantic ones. I liked the more comedic ones. I like th- those were fun. Oh, oh, you know what's one I did like when Spencer was pranking all of them. Oh, <laughs> that was the April. Wait, was that April Fools? I don't know if it was that. It I don't. I don't. Been. It might have been, but that one was funny. And then he got karma back at the end. Yeah, with all his friends from like, or all his classmates when he was a when he went to um. Oh my God! What was the school's name? It wasn't Ridgeway. Um. Wait, 
was Ridgeway was Ridgeway was the show they went to. Was the was the school that Carly, Sam, and Freddie went to? No, but yeah, but Spencer went. Oh wait, wait, yeah, he did go to Ridgeway. He did go to Ridgeway. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, he did go to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying because he knew of the knew her. Yeah, her knew her. He knew her teachers. That's right. Yeah, so that one, that one was a great one. Um, but all right, so now obviously it's the reboot episode. So obviously, right, the reboot happened with the show. Um, Paramount Plus launched um early this past year and then the reboot premiered over the summer and uh you know emily like you say in the script the show forwards 10 years later in the show the whole the whole cast isn't back obviously because we stated um you know obviously jenna mccurdy didn't come back because of the trauma she endured by being an actor gibby obviously because of being the fat kid he didn't want to do it anymore but uh marina cosgrove Jerry Trainer, Nathan Kress, uh, all come back to reprise their original character roles. There is a new member. Two, uh, two new members. Mm-hmm, Lacey and Jaden. Uh, Lacey plays uh, Carly's now new best friend, and Jaden plays Freddie's daughter in the show. Adopted yeah. stepdaughter. Yep. And obviously, it, it went on Paramount Plus because it was uh, it's more geared towards it's audience that was iCarly and now we're a lot older so we could handle more mature things. So yeah. that's kind of why. So, uh, you know, it premiered in the summer and basically it's, you know, everyone's back in the same apartment at Bushwell Plaza. Spencer's now super wealthy from being an artist. So props to him for knowing what to do with his life. Uh, now listen to his father. Freddie moves back home with his mom who does, who is back on the show, Mrs. Benson. I gotta, love Mrs. Benson. Gotta, gotta love Mrs. Benson. I love her. Um, you know, she moves back with him after divorcing Twice. His, his, his wife. And he adopted a stepdaughter, uh, who I said was played by Jaden. And her name on the show is Millicent. And, um, you know, Carly is, you know, she lives in there with her roommate, um, Harper, played by Lacey. And they bring up the idea of restarting iCarly um just to i guess i guess because in the first episode there was talks about like doing more because it wasn't her boyfriend at the time like talking about doing like a show together and then they broke up and then he kind of went well she thought that he was going to propose to her and then he didn't and then he He broke up he broke broke up. up and then she got upset and then she wanted to what was it because she just wanted to kind of put him on it wasn't because she wanted to put him on blast that was part of the reason but i think it was also because she missed she like wanted to relive her her teen years and wanted to redo like do the web show again i don't know but i think part of the reason was she wanted to put him on blast mm-hmm. yeah and i think because of the amount of uh viewership she kind of got she realized she uh, yeah she realized that it was kind of um it wasn't gone and then obviously when they went back up to the studio spencer never he never uh demolished it or he never put anything away it was all nothing kind of, was touched yeah it was all kept um just in case if they ever wanted to do go back to it they were able to um and now and now they are uh the show had a order run of 10 episodes a new one came out every Thursday and now they're in the midst of 
in production of season two. So, but what are your thoughts on the reboot? Did you like it? Are you, were you like, eh? Like, I like, wanted to like it. I really wanted to like it so bad, but I just, I couldn't, I don't know. It's like they tried too hard with this reboot and they definitely, it definitely could have been better. I just wish I liked it more. I think it's really too, like, obviously, right, it's a scripted, right? All the shows. Yeah, it's scripted. It's scripted, but this is, I think it's too scripted. Like, I feel like they're kind of stiff. Well, it's not genuine. I really wanted to like it so bad, but Mm -hmm. it just, it didn't work. I agree. I don't think it's that, yeah. And I'm trying to, the laugh tracks and the jokes just aren't hitting. And I'm just like, I think the only reason why it got so many viewers was because of the nostalgia of, of the show and of the characters. So we'll see what happens in season two. Um, and then also, this is also true in, in just in television in general, right? See the, see the first season of every show is kind of like, it's kind of the rough goings, you know, they hit their, they kind of hit their stride, but I feel like in this day and age of TV, it's not the same in terms of like, it's harder. Well, we're older. So we, we expect different things. We expect more from shows and uh-huh. didn't live up to our standards. Right. No, yeah, it didn't. Unfortunately, yeah, because I watched a couple episodes and I was just like. I watched like maybe like three and then I was like, you know what? Why am I wasting my time? I'm not really even enjoying it. Yeah. And then also kind of and it also taints the legacy of the original show. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like. You know, you go back, be like, man, that was so good. What kind of happened? But obviously, you know, because you write, like we said, two of the main characters left. Obviously, Dan Schneider's no longer part of it. Writers probably changed within the show. It's probably not the same writers. Um, you well, know, it's Paramount, so probably not. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's just different. And I think that you know, may, may, maybe it is gravitating towards a a young uh, a new audience. You know, maybe. Maybe the teenagers from when we were young are enjoying it now and we just can't. And then we just kind of fond- look fondly on the older show because that's what we grew up on. Yeah. So it's kind I of think like- that's why we don't really enjoy it mm-hmm. because we love the, like, we love the original. Mm-hmm. That was our childhood. And now we're all grown up and it's just not the same. Yeah. I feel, I feel like a lot of reboots that we kind of talk about, they kind of just don't hit. They don't stick. I think we have to find one that does stick. I think that's okay. our mission. That's our mission for when we yeah, do it. Yeah, we're on the search to find a really good reboot. Yeah. Oh, hopefully. Well, we'll find. There's definitely, there's gotta there's be. There's a lot of reboots to pick from. Yeah, there are. There we'll are. find sure. something. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. But my thoughts were like the same. I wasn't a fan of it. The jokes weren't sticking. It was, like you said, it wasn't genuine. It was very stale and it was kind of forced. Um. You know, and I was honestly only laughing at the jokes that Spencer was doing, you know, yeah. that, and that's why I feel like if Spencer wasn't on a, a part of the show, I've definitely would have not watched it. So, you know, I mean, look, if people, if people like it, that's great. You know, season two is, you know, they're in production. Like I said, it'll probably come out same time next, next year in the summer. And, you know, hopefully it's better, but I'm probably not gonna. Watch. I might watch like an episode and see if it improved but yeah because now they're now you're kind of past the point of like introducing the characters and the character arcs yeah you're past that they're always rough 
yeah. So hopefully they, um, they hit their stride and, you know, we'll see. So we'll come back to that in a year, hopefully. And uh, we'll talk about it, but uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, pop culture trivia is up next. I have a question for Emily regarding SpongeBob because that's what we're going to go into next kind of SpongeBob, the original series, and also the reboot camp coral spongebob the under years and then obviously emily has one for me in regards to icarly so when we come back pop culture trivia only on pop culture tea stay tuned the tea is still hot here's more pop culture tea with anthony colasano and emily cott welcome back to pop culture tea it's the midway point of the show that means it's time for pop culture trivia i have a question for emily emily has a question for me Emily, I'm going to go first. Mine's in regards to SpongeBob, which we'll talk about in the next segment. It's kind of an easy one, but don't overthink it. Or you might. What is Plankton's first name? Um. I'll give you a hint. I kind of, I mentioned it. I mentioned it in the segment of iCarly when I was talking about something. Sheldon J. Plankton. There you go. There you go. Yep. Sheldon J. Plankton. It was. It's not said a lot in the show, but like when Karen, his computer wife, would talk to him or when he would kind of talk to himself, where he'd be like, oh, Sheldon J. Plankton. And then he would like say something like, he would just like go on this like little rant about his power to rule the world or something like that he would just say that um so yeah that is correct so you are three and no four and one four and one all right let me see if i can get three and two okay so this is a this is a little it's a little tricky so what was the name of the company that sold tech foots in icarly Oh, I remember this episode. I remember this episode. Because it didn't work. Yeah, because these... They caught on fire. Yeah, they caught on fire. Um... Oh, my God. I don't know. Oh, my God, I don't know. Okay. You want me to tell you? Yeah. Dang it, I'm two and three. All right. It's DACA. I would not have known that. D-A-K-A. Yeah. I would not have... Dang it. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that. I do remember that episode, though. Because they were, like... They were, like, these, like, cool shoes. Even though they were... They kind of looked kind of ugly, honestly. They had, like, Wi-Fi in them. They would squeak. Yeah, they would squeak. They... I don't know what else they would do. I just remember they had Wi-Fi. Like, I don't know what else they had to them. I think they just had Wi-Fi, maybe. They might have, and they might have lit up as well. Oh, wow. What is this, Skechers or Five? I know, Skechers. <laughs> and it's like, that's probably, that's probably what they were going for was, um, was that. Dang it. All right. All right. So I'm now, I'm down in the hole again, under 500. Emily's now, you know, four and one. Uh, all right. So. Uh, that's going to do it for Pop Culture Trivia. Uh, when we come back on Pop Culture Tea, segment two, uh, diving under the sea with SpongeBob and Cam Coral when we come back. 
The tea is still hot. Here's more pop culture tea with Anthony Colasano and Emily Cott. Welcome back to Pop Culture Tea. I'm your host, Andy Colasano, and alongside me is my lovely co-host, Emily Cott. Excitement two of the show, and we're still in our the reboot uh, miniseries, episode one, you can call it. And we're going to get into uh, another famous Nickelodeon show that got its own reboot, SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, and its spinoff, Camp Coral. So just give some brief background kind of on SpongeBob for those of you who don't already know. Um, you know, the show is a- an animated comedy series that's obviously on Nickelodeon. It premiered May 1st, 1999. It's still the, it's the only show, obviously, that's still going on live from the 90s in terms of like kids shows and, 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 uh, within Nickelodeon. So that just shows how deal. Hmm? it is a huge deal. Oh yes. One, it shows the legacy and two, how, how old we're becoming. Yeah. We were, we were babies when the show premiered and now, and we grew up with the show Yeah, and now we're adults and it's still, it's still going. And I was like, Oh my God. But it's become the fifth longest running American series uh, in television history. And it's estimated net worth, which to no shock is massive $18.9 billion. So there's a reason why Nickelodeon doesn't want to put it off the air because it's yeah. generating them a, a lot loads, of money. loads of money. And it's like, and if you really think about it, it's almost like Disney with Mickey as SpongeBob is with Nick. Yeah, I can see that. If you think about it, because it's kind of like, you know, because back then when Nickelodeon, because Nickelodeon had a lot of big shows and obviously before SpongeBob, there was Rugrats and that was kind of the poster child for the network in terms of a, an animated series. And then obviously that show uh, ended and then SpongeBob just kept going and going and going. And funny enough, it was supposed to end after the, the first movie. That was the plan. The plan was do the show. They stopped making, I think, new episodes in 2002 because they went on to make the movie. The movie came out in 2004. Phenomenal movie. I, I, I still laugh at that movie till this day. I like that movie. It's so funny. And then, um, and Steven Hellenberg, the creator of the show, who um, unfortunately passed away due to ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, um, wanted to wanted to move on, leave the show. But Nickelodeon couldn't part ways with the show because of how much, how well it was doing. And they wanted to keep it going. So they kept it going. And now we are 20 two 23 years later and it's still uh still holds up still it's still still rocking and rolling so uh to give some background the show takes place in a town called bikini bottom main character obviously spongebob who lives in the pineapple under the sea as by the theme song he works at the Krusty crab as a fry cook and in each episode we see spongebob and his friends go on uh various adventures uh within bikini bottom now obviously you know, before I get into the characters, I will kind of want to talk about the trajectory kind of of the show because um, a lot of people talk about this and I kind of want to get your take is that the peak of the show was from season one to season three, which is very rare for a series, for any type of show series, you know, for the early episodes to really kind of be the best shows. And then kind of after the fact, it was kind of 
mm, it kind of got a little bit stale. There were some peaks and valleys. And then kind of once we went into the 2010s, it really, they really started to reach and struggle to find some content. So what are your, what are your thoughts on that um, in regards to that kind of theory? Cause I think it's true. I think I, yeah, I think that theory is true as well because yeah, in the 2010s, the episodes did like start to go downhill, but they did, but they were doing pretty good within, like, I think it's more than the first three seasons, maybe like the first five seasons, it was pretty good. But then after that, it just wasn't, mm-hmm. didn't hold up. Yeah. Cause I think it got a little too cliche cliche and sometimes a little bit too extreme with some of the stuff especially nowadays like i watched i'll watch like one episode here and there because they don't really show the new ones on like network television anymore yeah i don't even watch the new ones i just watch the original episodes yeah like the oh yeah i think that's what i meant yeah they don't show the originals they show the new ones more on network tv and it's kind of like it's just weird now and it's like and it's still the same running joke sometimes of like plankton trying to steal the formula and that's still kind of the one thing that's really starting to get on my nerves. And also SpongeBob still failing his driver's test. I just want to have an episode where he actually passes it. Yeah. And he can actually drive. Exactly. We got to move on from that. Move on from that one plot. Like, yeah. eventually it has to end. So why I, not end I, it? I agree. Yeah. So, and then also there's stuff with like monsters now in the show. I'm just like. Really? Yeah. It's like, it's not all the time. It's just weird. I don't know. And I think also the animation too. It's gotten too perfect. Like, I kind of like when it was, like, imperfect because it kind of made it more genuine and raw. I don't know. Yeah, I agree but, with that. But that's but obviously nothing's going to stop them from improving kind of the technical aspect of the show to make it look better because that's just the way of technology. It's just evolving. It's just getting better and better. So that I really can't fight them on because why wouldn't you? But, yeah. um, but to get into the characters, obviously – spongebob the main character voiced by the legendary tom kenny um if you were to ever go into tom kenny's discography and look at all the stuff he's done you'll be pretty shocked of what of how many characters he has voiced but he will be forever known as spongebob no matter how much work he, he will do he will forever be known as spongebob even though he's like a voiceover king in the industry i agree with that mm-hmm. and you know uh and spongebob is kind of this optimistic you know, character, he's kind of got this childish attitude, even though he's like, he, it's weird. Cause like, he's an adult, but he, act, but like, you think he's a kid, but he has his own house, has his own pet, has a job. Yeah, exactly. He has, he has his own job. Yeah. He, but he can't drive because he keeps failing his driver's test, even though I don't know how many times you can take that. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause I know right in the real world, it's like, if you fail, you got to wait like two weeks and then you got to yeah. do it again. And then it's and in the real world, it's is you have three tries. And if you fail the first time, you have to wait two weeks. If you fail again, it's another two weeks. If you fail the third time, you have to wait six months. That's a long time. Yeah. So for anyone watching as a taking the driver's license, uh, try to get it within three tries or else you are going to be waiting for a long time. But, you know, to go back to Spongebob, I think what's also kind of cool about the kind of the character and kind of what I just thought about is that how, like I said, right, he's an adult with a childish mindset, but like you said, he's very optimistic. And he yeah. kind of had, but, but, but it's no not to him being a child, like childish because he has that childlike mindset of like, of like his everyday life. Of well, like, yeah, he thinks that like 
I don't know. He just likes, I feel like he, his job, I don't know. He's just not really like getting, he's an adult, but not at the same time. Like he spends a lot of time with Patrick, who's also has the same attitude as SpongeBob. And it's just weird. But I think, but, 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 well, yeah, it is kind of weird. But I also think too, it's like, I think that's kind of how, you know, you kind of have to kind of maybe like kind of look at life in a sense in terms of like not take it so seriously because right. Cause think about it. He you does know? take his job very seriously. Yeah. He loves his job. So, you know, he loves his job, but also he knows kind of like how to have fun and still kind of bring a smile every day to like, like work and like his life and everything like that. And even though kind I, of the adventures. Guess, like, I guess SpongeBob teaches us a lesson to just not take things too seriously and yeah. just live our lives like we're allowed to have fun every now and then just live your life vicariously yeah that's that's basically it so that's the lesson from spongebob now in regards to patrick played by bill uh uh, fagerbaki uh he is spongebob's best friend and neighbor who lives under a rock literally lives under a rock lives under a brown rock and he is just a He's a dummy. He's just the he's just the idiot friend. He and and he is funny, but he doesn't do anything with his with his life. He kind of just that's why he lives under a rock. Yeah, and like it's it's weird. You ever notice kind of like you you like when they ever like open up his rock, it's kind of just flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then it's like I when you notice that. And then it's like, but then like some there's some of us where like you go in like you're in the rock, and then it's like it's an like there's actually like there's like a plot like there's like it's like it's like dug up and there's actually like stuff there yeah it's that, that, that that's one like plot um mistake that they have within the show that i've noticed um but uh but i think but i think in regards to patrick i think what's great about patrick is that even though like he doesn't do anything really with his life or whatever is that he is SpongeBob's best friend and will do anything for him. And I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of what you want in a best friend who is there for you. You can hang out with at any time. Yeah, exactly. And just, you know, and just have a good time. And for SpongeBob and SpongeBob like doesn't care about that. He doesn't have a job or that he doesn't, you know, or that he doesn't do certain things. Like he just likes Patrick for who he is. And he accepts that. Yeah, exactly. Like a best, like a friend, a really good friend is always there for, for each other. And like, even though he might not be successful in his own life, he still has a successful friendship and that goes a long way. Absolutely. And your fun fact is Patrick isn't smart because starfish don't have brains. Exactly. So the creator he was a marine biologist, so yep. he wanted to create all the characters accurately, including Patrick. Fair enough. But there was an episode where he did get a brain and it became smart. But that was only an episode. No, nah, I know. But I'm just saying, like, it, like he did, he did have a brain for like an episode. He did, but that was only an episode. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but anyway, moving on to kind of now one of... Uh, He's like my favorite character or one of my favorite characters because of just, I don't know, 
I just find him hilarious. Squidward Tentacles. How is he your favorite character? Just because he's so like, he's just like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. It's played by Roger. He's voiced by Roger Bumpass. He's SpongeBob's neighbor and coworker uh, at the Krusty Krab. He's selfish, never has fun, just like hates his life. He wishes he was Squilly and Fancy's son because Squilly and Fancy's son is the, is the successful musician and Squidward isn't. Um, however, even though he's kind of like, just like, just kind of goes through the ways and kind of just hates life and just, just kind of like this, this character who just isn't fun to be around. SpongeBob and Patrick don't see that and still try to bring the best out of him. But, um, but I just, but I just think it's funny, like, kind of like how I he, guess. Just, he just I can't, guess. he just can't like live his life or kind of like escape SpongeBob in any way. Um, yeah, I, I guess I can see that. It is funny, but at the same time, it's like he's always miserable. But I think that's also kind of what makes it, um, what makes it funny too, is that he's just always miserable. True. Yeah, that's you know? a good point. You know, and I think also too, like, I think, the way Roger does his voice or how he does it. Like, I feel like it, it fits him. It fits the character, but also, also why it makes it kind of funny too. So um, that's kind of why I find it. I find him uh, kind of funny and yeah. it's, and it's, uh, and you know, Dom, if you're listening, I know Dom kind of like makes fun of me because he can kind of, because like I can kind of do Squidward like, pretty well i don't want to do it on the show because i'm kind of embarrassed um, <laughs> but uh but yeah dom kind of like oh like you sound like squidward i'm like mm. yeah yeah he's told me that he's like yeah, yeah. he's told me that before yeah like squidward like mm-mm. <laughs> yeah uh anyway moving on to uh mr crouch played by clancy brown manager of the crusty crab greedy and money money hungry boss and um and he's just kind of this uh this manager that kind of you don't want to work for you don't want to have her work for and you kind of wonder how he gets away with paying like his employees so dirty because you put in here mr krabs does not pay for his employees with real money um as he gets spongebob fake money so you wonder how he kind of lives it how how does he support himself um but somehow he does which i don't i'm confused yeah, but hey, it's a hey. They live. They live under the sea. So true. Is money really a necessity for food and like other things? Yeah, you kind of. They have. They have a whole. They have a whole town. It's basically. It's basically like how it is on land. They have a whole like town in the Atlantic Ocean. I guess that's true. Yeah. But I just wonder how, like, they just never, like, well, obviously, right, there's, like, they'll never catch him or anything because that's just not what they're going to put in the show. Well, no, because it's a kid's show. Kids don't really care about that. Mm-hmm. That is true. But it's also kind of, it's just interesting how, like, he doesn't pay him with real money. And it's, it's funny how Squid like. Monopoly money. Yeah. But I hope he, but you didn't say anything about Squidward. Because we don't really know about Squidward. We don't know if he gets paid with real money. For, like we don't know that. I don't know. Yeah. He might not. They never really talk about it. I feel like he has to. But but then again, like SpongeBob, you'd think that he would get paid with real money. But there's one episode where you see you see Mr. Krabs handing SpongeBob like like it looks like Monopoly money. 
Mm-hmm. It was like Krusty Krab dollars or yeah, something. Yeah, it's Krusty Krab dollars. Has yeah, has is Mr. Krab's face on it. Yeah, I do remember that episode. So I don't uh, know how he pays Squidward. Uh, Mr. Krabs. What a guy. But uh, we have two more characters to go through. Uh, Sheldon J. Plankton, played by Mr. Martin Doug Lawrence. Uh, he is uh, owner of the Chum Bucket, the Crunchy Cats competitor. And his kind of main mantra in the show is to always obviously try to steal the Krabby Patty formula. The first movie was really solely based on that in regards yep. to him getting it in plan Z and he finally kind of won. And then, you know, he, it's Bob, Bob and Patrick, obviously in order for them to kind of resurrect everything they have to go get the Neptune's crown back and they get it back. Plankton loses again. Everything is all well in bikini bottom. And yeah, but I, but I like Plankton. It's funny how like, he's like this small kind of, marine animal but he's got this booming voice yeah i like i like plankton too so um and with a big personality um um and i love the kind of the quote where it's like it's like i don't know how it starts but it's like i could deny it no longer i am small (laughs) so uh i just think that's funny and he does have some pretty uh uh funny moments in the show yeah he does Mm mm-hmm and fun I fact, feel like the whole the whole like plot line where he's trying to steal the the Krabby Patty formula. I feel like it just gets old after a while. It's like right. the same thing. He's plotting the same plan. Mm-hmm. His execution always fails. It's just like it's the same thing with that whole entire like they could have easily like I guess made it end around season three. Yeah, or or kind of when that episode was, because uh, I remember because you put on here fun facts that him and Mr. Krabs were born on the same day. They were actually best friends in school because remember that friend or foe yeah. episode? Like you would think that at that point they would kind of squander or make amends. And they, and in essence, they did, but they really didn't. Um, yeah, they, they hold grudges. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I also think too, it's like, it's kind of this kind of, it's this running story arc that they obviously have to keep going because the show has been going on for so long. Yeah, so I like, agree with that. But at the same time, it, it just gets old. It's like, it's the same plot every single episode. He mm-hmm. does the same plan. Yeah. You got to spice it up a little bit. Exactly. Like, you don't have to get rid of it, but just at least make it a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, then there's also the thing where, like, his food is unedible. And then there was times where, yep. like, there's that one episode where, like, Karen pays someone to eat the food and make him feel all good about himself, but that just ended terribly. Um, but uh, but yeah, hopefully we get to see something if like he actually either either wins or just flow just like I give up, or he creates something like totally different. Like, yeah, like it's not like even like not even chum, just something completely different. He should just be like original, just yeah, like that would be a good lesson to teach kids to be their own person and they don't need to fit the standards, like. Mm-hmm. that would be a good lesson right there a good yeah. learning moment yeah or if him and mr Krabs join forces together yeah exactly that would be interesting but i doubt that it's gonna happen it but could you never know that's true you do never know but um but finally the last kind of main character we'll talk about before we get into kind of our thoughts on the on the on like our favorite character show and everything like that is sandy cheeks played by caroline lawrence don't worry 
the voice of um, Sheldon, Doug, and Caroline. They're not related at all. I don't even think they're married. It's kind of a coincidence that they had the last yeah. name. But uh, Sandy Cheek is Spiderman Patrick's friend. Uh, she's a squirrel from Texas who lives um, under the sea. She um, has her own kind of like dome because she needs oxygen. Uh, she's from Texas and she's a scientist and she was introduced in the show when uh, through karate, when SpongeBob saw her wrestling a clam early on in the first season. So yeah. what do you, what do you kind of think of, of Sandy kind of in the show? Cause in essence, if you really think about it and I've just noticed this now, she's the only main character in the show. That's a female. And she, her character is not aquatic. It's true. Yeah, I like Sandy's character. She's different. It's just, it adds something to the show. Mm-hmm. Do you wish that there was another female character to compliment her? Or do you think it's just too much at this point? With all the main characters we kind of have, plus all the recurring characters, like like Larry the Lobster, Pearl. Yeah, I feel like maybe they if they introduced her in the beginning, it would have been good. But I feel like it's too late to introduce like a new major character in the game, mm-hmm. in the show. So I feel like, yes, there could have been another female character, but at the same time, it's like, it would mess up the dynamics with the characters. True. Yeah, you're right. Cause uh, yeah, cause it's always hard to kind of introduce characters. Yeah, it is. So, it is hard. When you're so far deep into a show like this, for instance, it's like hard to kind of, and make them stay as a main character. It's just like. Yeah, you dynamic really... would be off. Mm-hmm, for sure. But anyway, so um, favorite character. Is it Sandy? Is it, or is it one of the other aquatic animals or creatures? I should say. Um, I like Sheldon. Sheldon's a good character. Plankton. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna have to go with um, just from just from pure like comedy. I gotta go with uh, I gotta I gotta go with Squidward here. Yeah. 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 He's definitely my favorite. Um. All right, favorite episode. There's a lot. I know. There's a lot of episodes, so I think I think I think we should be able to pick two. Okay, yeah, because I have two. I have a few in mind, but I'll pick two of them. Um, my my top two is I like the Glove World episode. That was a good episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember that and one. And I also like the Krusty Krab Pizza episode. Mm, yeah that's a good one mine oh, those are up there for me but mine would have to be the crusty crap towers and i just had the other one. Oh, and um and squidville oh squidville's a good episode too yeah but then also like i remember but also but also because if you if you also notice like right there's always two episodes within a full episode. Yeah. And the, and the, and the one that was before Squidville was grandma's kisses. Yeah. And then well, the in the one- earlier, in like the earlier seasons, like I think like season one, there, there like sometimes some episodes, there would be three. Oh yeah. Cause there was always that little mini one. Yeah. There would always but, be like three sometimes. Yeah. And then, cause I remember there was one where like, there was like a leaf blower one and they just wouldn't talk yeah that one was fun. that one was kind of funny and then the one i also with- like the but like the the 
the bubble boy oh yeah 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 and doodle bob doodle bob's another good episode doodle bob yeah (laughs) i was waiting for you to do the impression i knew you would yeah oh god he was a that was an interesting one and um and you know what's funny you know the guy on the boat in the episode yeah that's martin lawrence or doug lawrence that's plankton actually i changed my favorite character my favorite character is fred the my leg guy Oh, my leg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he got his own episode. <laughs> he later did, on. but I didn't watch it. It was I never watched a new episode. It was okay. It wasn't. It, it, it was all right. I just kind of liked how you just didn't see him. And then you just heard that. I was just. Yeah, just, you, <laughs> his name is Fred. It's just iconic. Yeah. And then and then also the one that was bef- after Krusty Krab Towers was. um. I don't remember the title of the show, but it was when Mrs. Puff kind of leaves um, boating school and then that drill sergeant becomes SpongeBob's teacher. Oh, yeah. That was a good episode, too. And then it's like, would anyone care for a bun bun? Uh, I'll take one. <laughs> Pick your favorite. And then, then he eats it. How does it taste? It's a delightful taste sensation. And he's like, no eating in my class. Then he throws him like a football. <laughs> I'm just like, damn, that, that, that was funny. Me, me, and, me and Dom always like mimic that. <laughs> uh but anyway um all right so that's our favorite episodes kind of of the show and then obviously the reboot it's a prequel to spongebob camp coral spongebob's under years um spot we go kind of back in time when spongebob's at camp with kind of all the main characters from the show you know patrick is his best friend you know, they're there and they're all like kids. They're all like kids. Like they're all like eight years old in the show. Well, except for Krusty Krab, except for Mr. Krabs and um, Squidward and Larry, and Squidward. The, Lo- and Larry yep. the Lobster. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see them kind of go back in time and kind of, uh, you know, have this new wave of. I don't know, there's a new way of looking at these characters. Um, but what do you what do you think about it? Because it's like because it's interesting how it's like, you know, because if you if if you're a true fan and you really like watch it, it's because it, it's like Mr. Krabs in Camp Coral is the director of the whole camp. Right. Yeah. And Squidward's a counselor. But then if you go back to the pilot of the episode of the very first SpongeBob episode, it's like. They didn't know who SpongeBob was. So there's, they're kind of like, there's that hole in the plot where it's like, well, what is that? Where does that make sense? Exactly. It doesn't like, I feel like, yeah, the storylines don't match up. It's, it's weird. I, I feel like the, the creators of Camp Coral, they didn't really take into account the plot of SpongeBob. Mm -hmm. So they they just, they just went with it. They just kind of went with like the characters in terms of yeah. How can they we... didn't really care about the plot. They probably didn't even know the plot, but it's just I like Camp Coral, but at the same time, like I like Camp Coral because it's different, it's new, it's a better plot line than the iCarly reboot. But at the same time, it's like I like SpongeBob, the original series, and it's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. Obviously, this is obviously right. Every reboot's catered towards the younger audience. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the the reboot does have its moments. I will admit that. But it, it does it, have its moments. But it is kind of like, 
it's it, it's kind of like a little too out there with some of the stuff. Um, it's just not like I don't I don't know. It's the graphics are the graphics are interesting because it's CGI. They did CGI, yeah. yeah. I don't really like the CGI. Like I like the I like the anim- yeah, I like SpongeBob's authenticity as it was. Yeah, the 2D animation. Yeah, and then for them to just add CGI, it's weird. Yeah, but that's kind of like I said, it's the new way of technology. That's kind of how right, it's kind of how it works. Like it's right, it's right with Blue's Clues, right? Blue's yeah, Clues before was 2D true. animation, and now it's all CGI based. But it's not authentic. It doesn't feel it it's not, it doesn't have the nostalgia that that we feel yeah that but, we, yeah but you got to go with the times unfortunately exactly yeah but at the same time it's like if you're gonna recreate something Maybe nowadays we kind of have to just expect it to be completely different yeah yeah for sure like no reboot is gonna be the exact same and i think that's also why kind of people are always hesitant with reboots especially with really like iconic iconic shows i know i am yeah like you know like that's why friends will never get a reboot that's why I'm trying to think of another like a pretty like iconic shows like the office will never get rebooted well yeah like those like you can't like it's hard to touch those and like reboot them or even give them their own spinoffs um because it's just so hard even though even though friends did have a spinoff with joey and so did big bang theory with young sheldon that yeah is, that is correct yeah you got a point um but yeah but no camp Coral, like it does have us moments like i remember like you know I, I watched some of the episodes and some of them were funny but they were more catered towards like um like younger audiences well well it's catered towards younger audiences, but in terms of like the episodes that i liked that i enjoyed were the ones that were really revolved around like the older characters like the one like that was revolved around plankton um when spongebob had to help him in the and then the kitchen or when mr krabs um like money was taken or something like that that one was pretty good and then there was one where it was like the three of them spongebob patrick sandy and squidward it was just the four of them really because like it rained and they didn't know yeah. what to do with themselves and then Squidward was just getting annoyed with them there was one episode with like the can- i like i watched this like a few months ago it was like the candy and then all the kids Oh yeah. oh yeah yeah the canyon yeah yeah that was interesting that was interesting yeah i agree yeah but you know if you know, also find funny is how like there's like um like right they're all kids and like it's cool to see them like that but it's funny to see like bubble baths as a kid yeah that, that that's uh that one's a pretty i think he's the only like recurring character within the show that is like a kid besides the main besides sandy patrick and spongebob mm-hmm because Larry is still like he's an adult, Squidward an adult, Mr. Krabs an adult, Mrs. Puff adult, yeah, Plankton adult. We never see yeah. Karen, so well, Karen's a computer, but we don't know when. We don't know like when this is taking place, or you know, will there be an episode yeah, about him it's, about building well, ima- her? Well, I imagine like it's so it takes place before spongebob so it has to be like they have to like meet or something exactly that'd be kind of cool like it would be cool to see like so we see when they're kids we see when they're adults but i want to see like something in between 
what do you mean in between oh oh are you talking about like when they're like teenagers and yeah i feel like that'd be cool that would be kind of cool like like uh like all grown up like what Rugrats yeah did. exactly that yeah exactly that would be kind of cool yeah i wish they did that spongebob as a teenager patrick as a teenager oh squidward okay that'd be kind of funny <laughs> squidward i would duty i i swear i think he gets i think he got bullied at school i think so it's i feel bad sad. for squidward it's kind of sad yeah, yeah but you know bad. but we love squidward we love him um but uh but yeah um but yeah uh season one of camp coral is on paramount plus i think it just wrapped because they kind of broke it up they released it in two parts like they released six episodes in March and they released another six later on, I think in like July. Um, so I think they're in production of season two. So uh, that'll probably come out sometime later next year. But, uh, but yeah, that was our, that was our first uh, mini reboot series episode uh, talking about kind of the two kind of biggest reboots and shows of Nickelodeon, SpongeBob and iCarly. Uh, we're definitely probably going to do more. Because uh, there's definitely a lot more reboots happening that are in the works. I can think of two right off the bat. Um, oh, did you hear about there's a reboot just about Patrick? Oh, my God. Yeah, the Patrick show. Oh, my God. Yes. I forgot about that. Because that's not right. Yeah. And that's actually from a ratings wise. And, that, and that's only airing on the network. That's not airing on Paramount Plus. Yeah. That's rating wise. It's doing pretty well probably i probably won't watch that because i lost my tv remote so won't be watching that i mean you could use your i'm pretty sure you could like there's ways you can do it through your phone oh, okay yeah because i lost my tv remote a few months ago so what provider do you have fios uh yeah i don't know maybe yeah, yeah i have optimum so that's why i'm reliant on paramount disney plus hulu and Netflix. I, mean, I mean that's kind of the way of the world now with, with yeah. tv and movies but uh yeah i totally forgot about the patrick show so did i i just realized it i'm like wait a minute there's more than just camp coral mm-hmm. yeah it's the patrick show so i mean in essence i think we'll wrap with this do you ever think spongebob's gonna end um n- yes and no i feel like all things come to an end at one point but personally, I think that SpongeBob, it's going to be like so iconic for, for a really long time that I don't think it's going to end. Mm-hmm. I think that because, right, it's become so iconic, like you said, that, right, like the characters' voices are so iconic. People, everybody have, knows what SpongeBob is. Everyone knows what SpongeBob is, but also in terms of like the voices, like everyone knows the voice. People have tried to or probably have perfected the voice from what Tom Kenny, Bill, Roger, and all the crew has done. So it's like, you wonder if like, if and when like they either want to step away from the show or I don't want to sound mean, but right, they're all getting pretty old. Yeah. Like they're like, you know what I mean? Like they're all getting older. So it's but like- But then they can find somebody to replace them, their part. That's what I'm saying. But it's also like, like, I don't know how like you can create, but you would, I feel like people would know it's not him. Because I remember people would say, like, yeah. Tom Kenny is Spongebob. But if you do, over, like, but at the same time, it's like, if you have somebody who knows, who can do the voice and can act and knows how the character is, people might, may or may not know the difference. 
Mm-hmm. It depends on who the actor is. True. I just feel like they need to have the same charisma or same energy as Tom Kenny when they go into it. Because when they said, because I remember in the documentary, when they said that, I'm like, that's that's kind of true. Like, you really have to, it's not just about the voice. You have to become the character within yourself when you're doing it. What I think, like, at this point, I think that the only people who are really watching the newer, the newer episodes are, like, young kids. So they won't know the difference. <laughs> that's how I look at it. That is, yeah, you got a point there. Like is, you and I will know the difference, but we're not watching the old, the newer stuff. We're watching the older stuff because we know that it went downhill after like season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll have to see in regards to how it all plays out with uh with it because they're coming on twenty three years, and. You know, it's uh, they've had three movies already. The first one, just the SpongeBob movie. Um, SpongeBob, what was the second one called? Oh my Sponge God. on the Run. That was the third one. There was a second one where they like, I can't remember. It was uh, yeah, I can't remember the second one. But, like, that was when the CGI first came out with them. Sponge out of water? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that one. So, yeah, I mean, look, they got three movies, loads of episodes, millions of merchandise. So, you know, I think you're right. I think it's never going to end. I feel like at some point they'll probably just replace the voice actors if and when, like, the originals step away from the show which who knows when that'll be. But if it, if and when that does happen, obviously that's going to make news at this point because yeah. the show's so iconic that like, if they'll say like Tom Kenny is leaving SpongeBob, like it's going to be, it's going to be. It's going to be huge news. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be big. So uh, we're not there yet, but unfortunately, you know, 23 years in, right. It's slowly, it's coming. So yeah. we'll have to see. And we'll see what, what the network does with the show. Like, you know, I don't think they're going to, you're right. Yeah. They're never going to end the show. Cause I've thought about Simpsons. it. Cause it ends. Look at the Simpsons. Th- I think they're ending though soon. Really? I thought they had a contract up until like 2023 or something. Yeah, I think so too. But I think it ends after that. Oh, I, okay. I, I'd have to double check, but you are right. I mean, the Simpsons is just, I don't know how that show has been going on for so long yeah. on network prime time too, mind you yeah it's kind of amazing kudos to them mm-hmm, exactly but, but anyway uh i think that's going to do it for this edition of pop culture tea um emily it was another great show next week we'll i don't know what we'll do we'll figure it out we'll talk and we'll uh we'll let you know if there's any other news hopefully there's you know, hopefully there's some news going on in the, in the entertainment world that we could talk about. Uh, you know, obviously we're going to continue to do these reboot series, mini series. I don't know when episode two will come out uh, probably within, uh, we probably won't do one for another couple of weeks, but yeah, that's going to do it for us. If you want to catch up on all our socials, you can uh, the pop culture underscore T on Instagram. You can shoot us an email at the pop culture T at gmail.com. 
And yeah, that's going to do it for us. Be sure to tune in next week, Monday at noon for another brand new episode. That's all for this week's edition of Pop Culture Tea. Be sure to stay on the lookout for more tea to be spilled on your favorite podcasting platform.